Blog Talk Radio. My name is Raina Starr. Joining me for the hour will be Star Bustamante. But before we bring Star on, Desperate Housewitches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So, if bad language, dirty talk, bodily functions, and anything else I might say might offend you, this may not be the show for you. But if all of that's good by you, it's good by me because we're going to hang out. Desperate House, which is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one herself, Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. And if you need her goods shipped overseas, check out www.theangrycauldron.com. They do Dorothy's international shipping. So it's that sound you hear is from the home of tonight's guest. Star Bustamante, you there, love? I am. How are you doing this evening? <laughs> I'm not as counted up as you are. What's going on over there? <laughs> oh, Quinn was having a disagreement with her tail that may or may not be over yet. <laughs> wow. I have had similar arguments with my own. So we're in good company. So, Star, <laughs> folks. Most folks know you as the person who is one of the chief organizers of Mystic South. You're a tarot reader at Asheville Raven and Crone. You're a writer at The Wild Hunt. Did I cover it all, or did I miss seven or eight different things? <laughs> no, you you got it. Um, yeah, I'm uh, one of the organizers for Mystic South, and um, I have not... Um, uh, well, so like since the oh, pandemic, uh, Raven and Crone has been right. shut down. Uh, we mm-hmm. only just recently, uh, yeah, at least on uh, last week, um, we're not doing any readings or anything. So I think we can we can mark Tarot Reader off the off the list of <laughs> of of my <laughs> various jobs. Um, I do still make all their magical oils. And, Which is awesome, and and I'm the news editor for uh, for the Wild Hunt. So oh, yay, I sit corrected, yay. So what's going on? I mean, you know, Mystic South has become a very much beloved uh, convention for our folks, you know, in Atlanta every year, and. Um, this pandemic, you know, I, I know folks were waiting it out, trying to figure out what was going to happen. Uh, you know, it must be, you know, I think folks don't understand what goes into a decision like this to postpone an event. And, uh, you know, give give folks a little bit of insight, if you would, into the process of making such a hard decision. Sure. Um, so... Um, our primary focus 
uh, in deciding to to cancel Mystic South was focused on um, whether or not we could keep people safe or not. And we just did not feel that that we could comply with... um, with all of the guidelines, sensing at a conference is uh, would be really complicated, uh, and you know we still have a faction of people that are um, resistant to wearing masks, which we mm-hmm. would have had to have made mandatory. Um, yep. Which I don't even know how that how well that would have gone over. I think most people would have mm-hmm. been uh, been okay with it, but yeah, it, it just would have been it would have been really difficult uh, to maintain the amount of distance the you know the six foot distance, um, you know being in an enclosed area. Uh, yeah, there just really wasn't any way that that we could. Um, that we could meet those guidelines. We did not feel that there was any way we could meet those guidelines across the board. And because, and even with all of that, there's no guarantee of people not becoming infected. And then, uh, you know, and then we're, we we, we would be liable um, potentially as with the hotel. Uh, Thankfully the Mm -hmm. hotel was, was very good about it. Uh, they had contacted us early on and basically said, you tell us what you want to do. They were shut down. The hotel itself was shut down for, um, you know, several months. I don't know if they're even still back and uh, up and running. Um, right. If, if they are, I think they're there. I think if I remember correctly, hotels in Atlanta, have uh, are operating at like maybe a quarter of their capacity, maybe fifty percent. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. So, if we'd have had to operate under those uh, kind of restrictions, I mean, we had basically sold out the hotel because it's not uh, the new hotel is is not as large as um, the previous hotel. So right. You know, it would have it would have been it would have been really difficult. Um, so we just yeah. felt like, you know, uh, this it would just be better to 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 cancel for this year and then refocus that energy into 2021. Now, what we did for uh, people who had already paid for their admission was we gave them three choices. Uh, they could um, request a refund, which we kept um, 10% because, we you know, we have to process and we pay a fee. Uh, anytime sure. money changes hands, you know, you, you pay a fee. Uh, mm-hmm. So they could ha- they could have their, their money back. They could choose to roll over their admission uh, to – to 2021, or they could choose to uh, to donate their uh, you know admission fees uh, or mm-hmm. registration fees, which <coughs> excuse me, 
which I, uh, I, 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 I kind of thought, well, that's we're, that that was a bit of a lark to even just throw that in there because who's going to donate? But I have to say, I was, <laughs> I was pretty amazed at how many people said, you know, we're just going to donate, just donate my, uh, my fees. So that was wow. that was really nice. And we did we sent yeah. out um we sent out a survey to everybody that mm-hmm. was registered. Uh and then I think yep. we also posted one in the group on Mystic South and um yeah. you know, and asked people, you know, for feedback on um, you know, would they be willing to wear a mask? you know, would they be uh, you know, good with if we decided to, to go forward and, you know, would they be willing to comply with the six-foot distance, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know, it was a short survey, about 10 questions. And yep. the majority of the feed, feedback that we got was that people were, you know, a lot of people were on the fence about coming. A lot of people were, you know, seriously concerned for um, their health. Um mm-hmm. And we just we just felt like it was the best decision to make. You know, I, I did not want to be the event that, uh, you know, we did not want to be a vector event. Uh, yeah. And if you want to know what that looks like, then you can just you can just watch what happens in Tulsa after uh, after tomorrow <laughs> night. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Not that, not that we have that kind of reach by any means, but we do bringing people from as far away as 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 we do because we have people coming from you know all over the country. Uh, just I, I was not willing to to be Which a, is, a, you know a yeah, spreader. and I think that was really <laughs> a wise. No, I mean that was seriously a difficult and wise decision. You know, it's hard to plan an event just when everything is going correctly and then have, you know, the idea of a pandemic and, you know, you're taking responsibility, although some would argue that it's not your responsibility, but some would say, you know, you've done the the cool and righteous thing by manning up and saying, listen, (laughs) we love you and we don't want you to get sick or potentially die or have to deal with any of that. A lot of, I've seen where a lot of uh, the country has not acted in such a forthright manner, which gives me great distress. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, a lot of people count on Mystic South for many different reasons. You know, some people count on it for sales and a large portion of their income for the year. Some people, you know, count on it for a place to see. It's like old home week. You know, you see your relatives once a year at the reunion, and for a lot of us, that's what it's about. And and I actually did take the survey, and the thing that struck me was, you can't tell pagans they can't hug. Are you kidding? (laughs) We're a lovely-ass bunch. Uh, I sure would have. I know. Uh, well, it, it, yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, and it, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard thing. It was a hard decision to make. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, not to mention just, you know, what the, uh, you know, the financial implications of sure. 
having to, have, you know, I mean, it's no small thing to put on uh, on a conference. Um, nope. You know, we're we're talking tens of thousands of dollars, and I think that in many regards, we were we were very lucky um, because the hotel was reasonable. You know, I mean, yep. in in how they in how they dealt with us, they were they were very reasonable. Uh, some of the um, early events, you know, when all of this started, did not, you know, come out as good as we did because, you know, venues were unwilling to, you know, to, uh, to <clears throat> cut them any slack at all. Um, yeah. So I think we had an advantage in, in that uh, we were later uh, to the party in all of this. And I do think that 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 made a made a big difference for us. Um, yeah. You know. But yeah, it's a, it's it's not only expensive. I mean, it's a it's a hard it's a hard decision, especially when you know that people are counting on you. You know, all of our vendors. I mean. Sure. And this has been, you know, the pandemic has been particularly hard. On uh, on pagan vendors because most of them rely on events. You know that's how they make their money, uh, and we really, we really, it, it was a long and hard kind of decision as to you know whether what we decided to do, and we really didn't decide until almost the, the last minute. I mean we. We put it off as long as we could, and um, you know it just. And can well, I just say I that I am like, just so sick of this pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> I am just done with it. I just, I, you know, and I don't think it's away anytime soon. I don't know what next year is is going to look like, but I think that. Um, it's really concerning to see so many people and especially even people within our communities who are just <laughs> belligerent when it comes to not maintaining a social distance, to not being unwilling to wear a mask. Uh, I just, I will never understand it. Uh, you know, just having to wear a mask yeah. for, you know, five or six hours when I'm at the store. Uh, sure. It's it's horrific, uh, as anyone will mm-hmm. tell you, that has to wear a mask on a regular basis. But compared to the yep. people who are putting their lives on the line every day because they work in health care or other frontline services, um, yep. you know, if you can't wear a fucking mask for your mm-hmm. 30 minutes in the grocery store, um, then you know I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, mm-hmm. There's plenty. There's plenty of data now that shows that it absolutely reduces uh, the spread of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Uh, and and uh, you, we weren't sure. You, are, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You're preaching to the converted because I will tell you. As the only person in my office who wears a mask 
all the t- every time I stand up at my desk, that mask is on because I do the health care intake every morning. So I am coming into very close contact with folks because I am taking temperatures, I'm collecting paperwork, I'm asking questions. Every time there's a visitor, it is incumbent upon me to make sure that that person is healthy enough to even be in our building. So the fact Mm -hmm. that no one I work with, and I don't know if this is a male thing, I don't know if it's a southern male thing, I don't know if it's just, I have no idea what the hell the problem is, but I have had more discussions of, if you loved me, you would put this on. And I'm not talking about anybody in my immediate family, because everyone in my immediate family wears a mask. Um, at work and at the grocery store and any time we're out in public. Uh-huh. But I'm talking about people that I have been in close contact with for the better part of 15 years who now suddenly have decided that they're willing to do a lot, but they're not willing to cover their mouths with a piece of cloth when they need to talk to me about something. And I find it very infuriating. And it's not just me that they're putting at risk because they're not even talking to each other with any kind of face covering. And I understand it gets hot, it gets uncomfortable, but as as I copied a post from somebody, if you think you don't like the mask, wait till you try the ventilator. Yep. Well, yeah, and so, I mean, I just, I just don't, I will never understand that kind of uh selfishness um mm-hmm. you know it doesn't cost you anything to wear a mask um i mean most places are providing them now for free um yes you know you can get the you know n65 and below masks uh or you know you can order them online you can you know there are tons of places that are making them uh, I think some of the cloth masks, masks are probably um, not as good as they could as they could be, uh, especially probably some of the you know self self made ones. But I think anything helps. Um, you know, I would have a hard time in your position because I would probably hit people with a hammer um, if they came into my space and they were not wearing a mask. Uh, you know, we don't let anybody in the store without a mask. Uh, we don't, uh, right. even when it's just Lisa and I, um, yeah. cause sometimes she comes in on Wednesdays, we're closed on Wednesdays and that's the day that I come in and I, and I uh, make products. Um, if she happens to be there, uh, you know, mm-hmm. if we are within, you know, more than 10 feet of each other, we have our masks on. Now, if she's working in the back room and I'm out front, then, you know, we can dispense. We don't wear our masks because we're far enough apart. Uh, Right. But for the most part, if we're going to be, you know, closer than, than, you know, 10 or 20 feet, we wear our fucking masks. Right. And speaking as a woman who is still enjoying, uh, and I use that term loosely or sarcastically, hot flashes, let me tell you, if I can wear a fucking mask, then there's no excuse for anybody else not wearing one unless they have some kind of health issue that precludes it. 
you know that that I get. But you come to shop at the well, store, you have you have to wear yeah. a mask. You know I, that's all there is to it. And we only let you know it's too small of a space. We can only let so many people in at a time. So we do it by appointment. Right. I, I, right. I, I, I'm, I have. I have no sympathy, you know. I mean, I just have no sympathy. You're not going to put my health and your own at risk in my space. It's not going to happen. Yeah, and to be Um, honest with you, if somebody can't wear a mask because of their health, they don't belong in public to begin with. So, I mean, you know, there's got to be some kind of personal responsibility. Now, I will tell you that because I work with um, some gentlemen, southern gentlemen, there's a lot of bad information out there, and it comes from, you know, the top, and people don't, you know, I find that people are very confused because they are hearing things said by Trump, and they're hearing things on the news, and depending on the news you're listening to, you either completely discard what Trump says or you're not sure what to believe or, I mean, you know, I find it very confusing for folks who are kind of in the middle politically because it's easier for bad information or, you know, I don't know, less than helpful information to get through to them. And I find that when people are confused, they wind up not doing anything. And to me, Mm -hmm. that's even more dangerous because, you know, you're putting yourselves at risk. Because the mask isn't protecting me. It's protecting you. However, in a society we're supposed to, you know, somewhat look out for each other and not purposely inflict pain, I find that the people I work with really don't give a fuck and, you know, don't wear a mask and don't care if I get something from them should they be a carrier. It's infuriating. And... And these are the same people who turn around and fucking sue the pants off of you if they caught something at work and brought it home to their family and, you know, and mama or grandma or their wife or their kid dies, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, very much so. I, and, you know, we've we've got a lot of – listen, we never stop working because – I'm a I'm an essential worker. Uh, my job consists of giving aid and um, handling service situations for hospitals, the police, et cetera, et cetera. I'm I'm an essential service to critical services. So <clears throat> why I didn't stop working the entire time of this thing, but you know I see people on the street and it's like, I know you're not critical. Why are you out? You know, and unfortunately, because of the political pressure that's been forced onto, you know, our governor, you know, I really believe that we opened, even in the phase one, that we've opened too soon. Uh, you see the cases rising, you know, in, in locations like Texas, um, they're having, it's not even that the number doubled. I mean, the number is so horrendous as to be like pre any kind of protection standards where the pandemic was just completely out of control and no one knew anything or had any kind of an idea of what we were dealing with. So I'm going to say being in one of the top six states where the numbers are rising exponentially, 
we're looking at a second shutdown. You know. And oh yeah. It, it caused well, caused grave concern, and it makes me even more grateful for the decision that you and the folks at Mystic South made, because a lot of folks, you know, have made plans that they haven't canceled yet for August, and I'm like. Y'all need to be canceling these plans because it's not going to be safe. You know, everybody's making this assumption, and we can see it's not going to be safe. So it's it's given me grave concern, and I'm just very grateful to you guys for not putting it, for not making us have to make a very difficult decision. It's like, well, you know what? I'm disappointed that Mystic South was canceled, but I'm grateful that Mystic South was canceled because, quite frankly, it took the burden off of me to have to think about it and weigh the options. So thank you on behalf of, you know, the folks that love going there and seeing each other that you you put us, our lives above money, you know, in that regard, and I'm very appreciative that you guys did that. Well, yeah, I you know, I am never going to put uh, money over over people's lives. Never, never, ever, ever. Um, you know, that aspect of it, even if it even if it would have cost us everything, mm-hmm. and I would and we would have had to start all over, or not even ever do it again. I would still have chosen to do what what we what we ended up doing because I think it was the only it was the only choice. Uh, there there was no other choice. Uh, you know, if you're going to be an event that is all about um, bringing people together and about emphasizing mm-hmm. community, yep. And you're not going to put that community first. And foremost, you know the safety and well-being of your community first and foremost. Then you know, then you just suck. You, you're 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 a hypocrite, and so mm-hmm. we're not hypocrites. And and so even if it had cost us everything, we would still have made the same choice because we all. I mean, and this was a unanimous decision. Uh, yeah, by by the board, you know, and I held out for a long time. I was like, well, you know, let's see what happens. But you know, early on, everything was shut down, and and so, you know, beyond what was happening, like in in the Northeast in New York City, uh, you know, and of course, what was happening in Italy. Uh, obviously, sure. there, you know, there were there were horrific. Uh, outbreaks and hospitals being completely overwhelmed, which is why we all stayed the fuck home to begin with. Um, Right. So I thought, well, you know, let's just wait and see what happens because this could, you know, I kind of felt like, well, we could potentially catch a a window of opportunity. But by this time Mm -hmm. we got to, you know, um, the end of April, getting into the beginning of May, it was like, yeah, this is not, this is not, no. Uh, it's not happening. <laughs> no. And, and you know, and like I said, I mean, I held out for, you know, for quite a while. I was like, well, you know, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. And then it was like, okay, you know, 
Let's not drown the yeah. baby in the bathwater. <laughs> that would not be good. So, um, oh, that's funny, but true, uh, you know. But, yeah. but I just, I just think that you guys don't get. Listen, when people get disappointed about something, if they're not thinking clearly, listen, it's been an under the gun year since since March, since early March. And, you know, sometimes people are so desperate for a break when they've been, you know, in enforced isolation or quarantine for so long. You know, sometimes any breath of fresh air looks like a viable option. And, you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you, if Mystic South had decided to go forward, I, I wasn't immediately going to say no. I mean, I had to think about it so you know, because it's like, oh, my God, I haven't seen people in so long, and we've been stuck in the house, and we have no social life, and, you know, we're very social <laughs> folks, and you know my husband, you know, you know, you've known me for quite a while now, and we like people, and we like being around them, and we miss, you know, visiting our friends in Asheville, you know, we haven't really seen anybody since last last year. And, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard. You love people. You want to be around them and spend any time you can with them. I mean, it's hard. But, you know, you, made, you did the right thing. You did, you did the right thing for all of us. You took – sometimes it's easier to deal with something when the choice is taken away, you know? Yeah. Some of us don't know, make the brightest I, decisions all the time. <laughs> no. Say it isn't so. Um, you know, I mean, I, I feel, I, I definitely feel like we made the right choice. Um, sure. You know, uh, I have to say that I feel like our governor has been just absolutely fantastic. I feel like the job that he has done um, mm-hmm. in dealing with all of this has been outstanding. Um, oh, he's, t- he's totally he's- done a yeoman's job on this. And uh, up against incredibly difficult odds and a hell of a lot of pressure from a mostly Republican government here. Yeah. Exactly. So I agree. Kudos. Definitely yeah. kudos to Roy Cooper. We we salute you, Mr. Governor. Right. So I mean so if you think that you know, if you think that running an event is difficult, imagine how difficult running any kind of government uh would have to be. Um, yeah. You know, so I have a tremendous amount of respect for uh, you know, people who are uh, not just politicians, but are actually public servants, and and there the, yeah, there is a difference, and people forget that there's a difference. Yeah, well, that's, that's very true. Um, you know, but it's it's not never an easy thing for somebody who is uh, you know in public office to make a decision that is going to affect, you know, millions of people. Um, Yeah. But I think you you always have to put, you have to put, you know, 
the public welfare has to come has to come first. Uh, You'd like to think so, uh, but apparently, in some situations in our country, in our government, even at the highest levels, that's apparently not the case. You know, it astounds me, and I'm sorry, you knew I was going to go here, but when you have a president that says. Oh, come to the rally, it's safe. You know, this COVID thing is a Democrat hoax, as he calls it. And then you tell people that if they're going to attend your rally, that they have to sign a waiver that they won't sue you if they get sick. I mean, is anybody paying attention? What the hell? No, I don't, you know, I don't know what's wrong with people. And I think that, um, you know, I think that we're just going to continue to see increasingly um, erratic behavior from from folks. Um, and I'm going to give you a great example of crazy behavior. This happened okay. to uh, this happened to us today. Okay. Okay. So okay. Um, I had an errand to run. And I asked Jay, I said, do you want to go with me? I think I might go to Fresh Market. We like to go to Fresh Market um, because they were one of the first grocery stores that made it mandatory to wear a mask. Um, yes, you know, I before have one here was... locally as well. They're a great store, yeah. and they were the first to make it mandatory. Agreed. Yeah, in North Carolina, they were, they were the, uh, you know, well, I think the French – uh, broad co-op um, also, and I think, you know, Whole Foods. But as far as being a little bit more mainstream, I think Fresh Market was the was the first one that said, okay, everybody's going to, you know, you got to wear a mask if you want to come in. And so the difference of how that, that, that feel, the difference when, other stores weren't doing that. Of like the la- the less stress it was to go yeah. into the fresh market versus going into Ingalls or Publix or any of the other stores was, I mean, it was palpable. So I said, "Would you come on and go with me?" And uh, we'll stop. And he's like, "Okay." We had run our errand and we were in the turn lane at a traffic light to turn left. <clears throat> excuse me, into uh, the complex where Fresh Market is in South Asheville. And, you know, oncoming traffic is, you know, there was a bus and so it was a little backed up. And I look up and in the oncoming lane, a car is speeding like, they're going really fast. They get in the opposing turn lane from me, which means that if they hit me, it's going to be head on going at least 50, maybe more. Um, and then cut the truck off that was in the left lane to get back over. I mean, they probably came within a foot and a half of hitting us. And there was absolutely nothing. There was nothing that I could have done. I mean, there was nowhere for me to go. There was nothing that that I could have done to avoid being basically hit head on. Um, And I think that that's just an example of people are crazy. They are snapping under the pressure left and right. 
um, you know, whatever reason, I mean, I don't know why that person would have been driving in such a fashion. Um, It's just amazing to me how little regard people have not only for their own safety, but for the safety of others. And I think that, you know, as the longer this goes on, I think we're going to see more and more of that type of behavior. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. uh, it's just crazy behavior. And, you know, I don't know what we do about it um, other than you just try to keep yourself safe and, and, you know, plan for the unplannable. But uh, it is a crazy, it is a crazy fucking world out there. Um, I've I've never seen so much crazy crazy shit in my life. Um, well, I mean, you here, know, you have that. Here we are. You know, you yeah. I mean, but you couple a pandemic with basically um, the upheaval of you know what am I trying to say? With the protests, and the protests mm-hmm. need to happen. Finally, some kind of changes are going on. Yay! Um, <laughs> you know, a long time coming. Maybe it was the perfect storm that's finally making things happen. I don't know. That's probably a terrible thing that it would have to come to this, that the pressure you know, has to be like this in order to make changes happen. But it's a very, I mean, listen, it's a volatile time. You know, it needs to happen. But, wow, it's just crazy circumstances for it to be happening. But, I mean, but sometimes that's the only way changes are made, you know. Right. Well, know. That's, that's, that, that is true. I mean, I, I, I just. I feel like people are not um I so yesterday we ran um an article about Juneteenth. Um yeah. which I don't think I need to explain that if you have been anywhere near a newspaper, a radio, a television. Um, if you don't know what Juneteenth is, then I don't know that I can help you. Um, but the Wild Hunt has published something about Juneteenth pretty much every year, um, certainly since I've been on board. And <laughs> I'm sure um, when Heather had it, when when Jason was still doing it, um, we we ran every year. We run something about Juneteenth, and it's always shocking to me to see the number of people who have no idea what Juneteenth is, um, and who read the article and say, "Wow, I'm just I I didn't know about this, but wow, this is this is very interesting or whatever." And you just think, okay. You know, I don't know how that's possible, but okay. Um, right, and, well, and I see for the that. Younger folks, let me just let me just briefly give a very brief explanation of Juneteenth. Juneteenth was when 
in Texas it was made official, even though the Emancipation Proclamation had already been passed, it was basically the last slave-owning stronghold who were informed that you can't own these people anymore. So that's a very brief explanation of Juneteenth. I do encourage any of my younger folks out there listening that if you don't know about it, you ought to read about it because it's uh, it's part of history. And uh, in order to not repeat mistakes, we have to know what the mistakes were in the first place. But thanks for letting me get that in there, just in case, you know. Well, you know, and it, it, I mean, it's also it was also known as Freedom Day, uh, Jubilee yeah. Day, um, which I yep. think a lot, and there are several other names. Um, that were uh, associated uh, with it. And I think some of those names may be regional. They may be, you know, um, pertain to specific times. And I also want to be really clear. Okay, so two, the, Texas, the, what happened in Texas was two years after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, um, June 19th yep. of 1865. And mm-hmm. there were still, I think, three other states that still had not um, complied, um, one of which I believe was Kentucky, and I'm, I forget which the other two were, but those states right. did not comply until December 18th of that year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then, and, and even once slavery was was basically, a, you know, legally abolished, um, there were still, I mean, uh, you know, any number of ways that uh, people of color were persecuted and still treated like slaves. Uh, I'm sure because you follow the the news, you saw um, uh, the thing about you know Aunt Jemima uh, syrup and, and waffles, you know, and pancake mix yep. and and all of yep. that. And um, yep. I can't remember if I shared it or not, but uh, somebody on Medium, uh, and this was it, it was it was a piece that was a couple of years old. Uh, that really kind of went blow by blow and gave you the history of, of how really racist <laughs> the whole Aunt Jemima thing. I mean, just really, it's fucking horrific. Um, yeah. It, 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 blows, it blows my mind. Um, mm-hmm. I, anyone who can say that I don't know how anyone can believe that the racism in this country is not systemic and institutional. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 it just, it just blows, blows my mind. Um, and I don't know <laughs> how we, how we move yeah. forward, but we have got to move forward. We have got to, you know, um, We've got to balance this this out. There's there's really no excuse for us to be where we are in uh, in this this day and age. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Just it's it's horrific. 
Um, I would like to talk a little bit about about the wild hunt too. Um, Please, you know. So we are, um, you know, I mean, this pandemic has been really difficult for everyone. I mean, overnight, people basically uh, lost their jobs, uh, essentially. Uh, yep. Even though uh, they pushed through, you know, a stimulus package and they extended unemployment, Um which I will tell you that many people, uh, m- my husband being one of them, it took almost three months before he received his first benefit check for unemployment. Um, wow! You couldn't you couldn't even get through for basically twelve weeks. She called yeah. every day, multiple times a day. Could never actually speak to a person. Um, yep. Tried and tried and tried. Uh, it was it was it was insane. It finally got sorted out. Um, so I mean, people everywhere are tight have been tightening their belts, <clears throat> and that has also been true for for the wild hunt. Naturally, our you know people that had been sustainers or you know, donated here and there whenever they could. Um, you know, we definitely lost uh, a good chunk of funding because people just couldn't afford to, you know, they're worried about how they're going right. to pay their rent and uh, buy food and take care of their kids or or whatever. Um, as things have started to come back online, um, we have been gently, uh, we just started um uh, this week, uh, doing a very gentle ask, and mm-hmm. so anybody that's listening that values what the Wild Hunt does, uh, which um, if you're not familiar with the Wild Hunt, we're we're one of the only pagan news sources. Uh, we've been around for quite a while, um, and we are a recognized news source or media uh, organization, and we publish generally once a day, Sunday through Thursday, we run news stories, and Friday and Saturday, we publish uh, opinion or perspective pieces that are written by uh, our columnists, and uh, we we have people all around... Uh, the world that write for the wild hunt. Uh, we have someone in Brazil. We have someone in uh, Mexico, Norway, the UK, Australia, uh, and uh, a number of places uh, across the the US. Uh, South Africa. We also have a cor- uh, contributor in in South Africa. So we have a variety of. Uh, of contributors and we make a big point of, you know, we like to pay our, our, our writers. Um, yep. Everybody that, everybody that writes for the wild hunt gets paid unless they choose not to, or uh, 
some of them we pay, and then they then they donate that money back to us. Uh, so right. we are we are doing we are doing a very gentle fundraiser. Uh, you can uh-huh. um, it's it's pinned. The fundraiser is pinned to the top of our our page on Facebook, and um, you know. But of course, at any time, you can always donate to the Wild Hunt. We will we will joyously take your money and put it to good use uh, to bring on to bring you more articles, to bring you an article every day of something that is of specific interest to the pagan community. Well, that was a lovely, very gentle ask. But now I'm going to do it my way, so hang on one second. Listen, <laughs> we, lost, we lost Witch Fox. And folks know, losing Witch Fox was painful, okay? It was a great resource for our people. We cannot afford to lose any resources at all right now. We need to stay connected. We need to know what's going on. And we need to know what's going on with our people in different places, not just our own backyard. So I do strongly encourage all of my listeners to please, please, if you can, please support the Wild Hunt. Please be a sustaining member. It, you, you can contribute as much as you want, but at the barest minimum, a $5 monthly donation, you can be a sustaining member. I know times are hard, but we really cannot afford to lose any more of our resources. So thank you for doing it gently, but you know who I am, and so do my listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. They do. Um you know, well, I mean, and I think, you know, eventually things will 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 uh, hopefully level out. Things will get better. Um, you know, this is a tough time right now, and I and I get that. You know, a lot of people are in really dire straits uh, sure. financially still. Um, you know, anybody who works in hospitality. Um, sure. You know, it's I mean, impossible this, right now. Yeah, I mean, it it really, you know, it's 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 tough. Uh, so I, you know, I get it. And but oh, and I, even yeah, if, I mean, I just, even, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh huh. Well, no, I was going to say no, that even ahead, even even if people can't afford to uh, to donate, they can um, they can share our story. You know, read us. Share our story. Yes. Uh, tell yes. your friends. You Very know, true. help us uh, to uh, to continue. You know, and and if you are a member of an organization that has something going on that you want people to know about, you can always send us a press release. Nothing makes me happier yeah. than to get a press release so that I don't have to go fish for uh, things that people, you know, if, if you're doing something that the community should know about, you know, send us a press release. We will, we will gleefully, we will, we will accept your press release. Um, <laughs> I like the gleeful part. We are gleeful we to help to, you we out. We try to be very gleeful. We it's part of our mission to gleefully report the news um, whenever possible. 
of course. I mean, but the, the Wild Hunt has been there with us through so many tough times, you know, and these are now some of the toughest times we've ever had to face. And, you know, again, folks were very uh, disheartened when Witch Box uh, shut down. We have very few resources, very few good resources in the community. And for me, you know, having the wild hunt is really, really important um, to keep me in the know about things that extend beyond my personal realm, as it were. So, I mean, I'm very grateful to have it. So I hope folks feel well, the same way. Well, obviously I feel that way or I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, and you're right. I mean, losing losing Witch Fox, um, even though they hadn't really been publishing articles for a while, um, that mm-hmm. was a tough one, you know. I mean... Uh, it was still where a lot of people really got a lot of, um, you know, information on groups and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a huge loss when, when they opted to, to shut it down. Yeah. You know, and I don't think right now, especially with an election coming, you know, it's, it's important to know, again, what's going on beyond our own little spaces. And I think, you know, sharing that information, you know, from people in our community that we trust is really important right now. You know, a lot of things have gone away. And, and it's been hard. Listen, I'm not going to say it, it hasn't been hard. Of course it's been hard. It's been hard for, you know, even those of us, who have had to keep working, you know, a lot of them and, you know, myself included, we're putting ourselves at a certain amount of risk every day. And, you know, listen, I'm, I'm grateful though. I, I know folks who did lose their jobs and did lose everything. And, you know, I, I just, I feel for everybody who's going through a hardship. I'm just terrified of losing more things when we're in a community that has so few things to begin with, you know. Well, and and that's a that's a definite that's a valid you know that's absolutely valid. Um, I, I think you know we are we are a very small community, and um, and every day we're losing. Um, you know, I hate to I hate to be beating the drum on, on this too, but. Every day, there's so much horrific shit that is happening with this administration. Um, yep. And it's a, it's amazing to me that um, more people are not, um, you know, I mean, are not just, I mean, they should be hollering in the street every goddamn day because, I mean, what is happening <laughs> is... Yep. Horrific beyond compare. Uh, just, I, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, just like this week, um, 
Voice of America has, uh, you know, now is now being overseen by a Trump nominee. And, um, yeah, they, 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 he just fired like a bunch of, uh, of people involved with, uh, with Voice of America. So yet another example going away, things that we really, um, cannot afford, cannot afford to lose, but yet here we are. So, uh, it's just it is both a very scary and very interesting time to be alive right now um but if one thing is true it is that if you do not value and exercise your rights um you'll yeah. have to wake up one day and find that you don't have any left anymore and uh yeah this administration is is horrific. I don't I don't understand how anybody cannot cannot see how absolutely horrific it is. It's stunning to me that anybody can be not even a liberal, but just anyone how they cannot see how our rights are being being eroded and uh, how poorly this pandemic has has managed, you know, has been managed, too, is just, sure. wow. Well, and to me, you know, I, I see a lot of folks, you know, still acting like they did in 2016 when they didn't get what they wanted. And once again, and yeah, I am going to beat this drum to death, until somebody out there changes their mind and hears me that there are only two choices for president. You either go with the one that's completely evil, and even if you don't like the other one, please don't make the mistake you made last time by voting for anybody but the other person, because to do that gives Trump another vote. And if you're okay with that, I'm not okay with you. And no one should be okay with you if you let Trump win again. We have to do the hard thing. We don't always get what we want. Many people were, you know, in the running this time on the Democratic side. I'm a liberal, but I have to vote with the Democrats because there is not a liberal, a viable liberal party in this country. And the fact of the matter is, There's only two choices, period. Everyone is not going to band together behind a no-name candidate, period. It's not going to happen. And if you don't care enough because you're still stuck on Bernie, and I'm sorry, guys, that's just the truth. Listen, Joe Biden wasn't even in the running for a potential candidate for me. But once again, I didn't get what I wanted. So like an adult, I will man up and vote for the opposite of Trump, period, because Trump has proven his evil or the ability to manipulate him into being evil, because I actually don't think Trump has a an original thought in his head. I think everything is fed to him by Mitch McConnell and Stephen Miller. 
and he's merely their lightning rod, but that's a personal opinion. In any event, um, yeah, there's two choices. Pick the one that isn't Trump. We can argue about who's best for the job later when we get back to some kind of a sense of normal, but we can't keep going like this. Well, I don't think we're going to see any kind of normal probably, um, you know, maybe ever again. I mean, I think things have got to change. And, um, you know, we can't, we cannot continue on the the way that, that we have been. Um, you know, we didn't get Trump uh, overnight. This administration is a, is a symptom of, you know, what has been going on in this country for, um, you know, a couple of decades now. And it's finally, you know, come to this. Uh, Agreed. And and I'm not saying that when I say a sense of normal, I'm talking about where I wake up every morning and don't immediately go into a panic attack wondering what the fuck happened while I was asleep. That's all I mean yeah. by normal. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying how how low the bar has become has has you know is now set. Um, uh, you know, agreed. Um, you know, every morning I get up and I and I go to Twitter and I see, you know, it's like okay, what kind of horrific thing has he said today? Um, yeah. or tried and, to implement and, and, or. Or whatever, you know. Right. Well, I mean, it all starts with a tweet, right? Um, sure. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, it's 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 beyond thing that I can ever remember uh, in 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 my lifetime. Uh, yeah, it, it's right. just uh, un- un- unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like every day. You know, you get up. I get up. I have my coffee, I look at Twitter and um and then think, Wow, I should just go back to bed. Um yeah. because this is this is just you know which and it doesn't help that, you know, you have the the pandemic thing going of uh you know I've been joking that we really only have we have only have three days now. Um we don't have days of the week anymore. We have this day, that day, or some other day, um, which are all oddly very much alike. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> there really there's not a lot to separate them. Um, which and I think that this is really true for uh, you know for a lot of people that are still not working, you know, I mean, it's like it all kind of, in addition to uh, everything else that's going on, uh, mm-hmm. the anxiety levels are just uh, just through the roof for a lot of people, and they may not even, even realize it. Uh, Manny, who is our uh, editor-in-chief, wrote a great, article about anxiety um i think it was it was either this week last week or some other week you know um 
you know, that's also how we, we don't even have months anymore. We just have this month, that month, or some other month. Um, uh, but he he wrote an article um, about you know the subtle levels of anxiety that 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 people are experiencing and how and the impact of that and how it how it affects your memory it makes you tired i mean he had, he had a yeah. pretty substantial laundry list of uh of of things that people might be experiencing and not recognizing that what they're experiencing is anxiety and i think that that is very true for a lot of people i know it's true for me um you know that brain fog um Yes, that a lo- that a lot of us have experienced, and, and just feeling oh, yeah. disconnected. Yes. all of that is a factor here. And then you couple it with, you know, the worst leadership possibly in the history of this country, um, mm-hmm. and you know, it has an impact. It definitely has an impact. Yeah. And I think people, I think you're totally right. People do not realize that there is an impact because we're so busy reacting to the current circumstance in our individual lives as far as, you know, especially folks who did lose a job and, you know, I mean, a struggle that you could not have planned for because, you know, we just didn't see it coming like this. We certainly didn't expect to have it happen under the kind of uh, administration we have now. I mean, it just shows you how fragile every system we have really is. And well, that is I'm concerned, you know. Well, it is, you know, one of the things that, that the pandemic has certainly done is it has exposed every flaw in every system and institution that that we have um, and I, and I, and so if there is a silver lining to all of this yeah. it is that that you know because we can't we really cannot um, address problems if if we refuse to see them so i think that um, i think that it's in, in in that regard, I I think that you know it's good because now you know people are getting it. They're like, oh wow, this is kind of bad. Yeah, you think? Um, but it's but especially the inequality, not just in um, you know not just the racial disparities, but also the pay inequality. Um, you know. You have frontline workers, like people who work in grocery stores, who are basically, you know, putting their lives on the line every day so that people can have, so that people can buy groceries who are making, you know, a paltry amount of money. And in the beginning of this, we're doing so without you know, proper equipment at all, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, is criminal. Um, you know, so I, I think that uh, all of these things that are 
that really reflect those sometimes staggering uh, inequities within, you know, within our society and within our institutions. So I think that if if that is if the pan, if it took the pandemic to get us to a place where we can see these things so that we can fix them, yeah. then maybe yeah. all of the people who have died and you know. And the people who, you know, because a lot of the people who have recovered from this, um, they have done, you know, they have ended up with with permanent permanent damage uh, to uh, their lungs and and to other organs. And I think that that's True. something to, you know, when people say, "Oh, I'm not worried about getting it," it's like, well, you you fucking should be because even if you even if you don't end up dead, um, you could end up with permanent lung damage or other organ damage as a result. Uh, Right. Well, I think it's completely selfish to not be willing to wear a mask in public. I think it's utterly selfish to give somebody a hard time when they want to take your temperature before you enter their personal space. I think, you know, there's going to have to be a new type of social grace understood going forward that you can't just walk up on people like we used to. We can't just stand as close to each other as we used to. And that there's going to have to be a new kind of norm in the public sphere where we respect distance where we cover our mouths and where we can safely expect others to do the same for us. And I'm disheartened because so far I'm not seeing it. I'm doing my part, but I'll tell you it is very frustrating and scary for me having to be surrounded by people who refuse to get on board. Now, I will say if the governor goes ahead and makes mask wearing mandatory, these people will have no choice, and quite frankly, I'll feel better. <laughs> so I am waiting for that yeah. to become the next step yeah. because I understand it is happening in other states. Well, and Cooper has Cooper has discussed that. Um, you know, I mean, he's you know he's he's getting, of course once again he's getting pushed back um, sure. from the largely Republican legislature, but I think yep. that. Um, you know, if we continue today alone, we added 1,600 new cases. Um, I'm not sure how many deaths because uh, I have not I have not looked, um, which yeah. makes me a shitty news news editor because I should have looked at that today. But it is in my defense, it is my it is kind of my day off. Um, yes. But, Even news uh, editors need a day off. <laughs> well, or at least a few minutes, anyway. Um, mm-hmm. My poor husband—he he puts up with me constantly. I I'm rarely seen without a device in front of me. Um, 
but you know, we are still. I, I think I, if what I heard today is correct, that basically our our increase in cases was about eight or nine percent, which is way mm-hmm. way beyond what um, you know that is that is well outside of uh, what is considered. Yeah, what it's it's outside of the guidelines of of what the the right. CDC has issued and uh, World Health Organization, all of them. Um, one of the things that I think is really interesting, and I don't know if you've been um, if you've been following this, but <clears throat> so all of the protests. Um, yeah. So far, they've not noticed there. There has not been a discernible rise in cases as a result of the protests. Um, I find that interesting and hard to believe, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, I think there are a couple of factors here, um, and okay. I want to remind you, I am I am not a doctor or a research scientist. However. Um, most of the situations where uh, there have been the biggest increase in cases have been um, in congregate living situations. So mm-hmm. places like uh, nursing homes, uh, mm-hmm. migrant camps, places where you have uh, <coughs> people basically sharing a lot of common uh, common space uh, and are living very closely together. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though with the protests, you've had people, um, you know, fairly close together, they have been outside. You know, they haven't been doing inside. It's all been outside. Um, yeah. For the most part, uh you know, the majority of protest, protesters I've seen, like, more than half of them were wearing masks. Um, in some yeah. cases, a lot of, you know, in some cases, much more than that. Um, and, you know, when they're not being fired on by police, <laughs> uh, yeah. They have been maintaining a, you know, doing their best to maintain a social distance, and and so I think, all, which just shows you that all of those factors matter, and that they're having an yeah. impact. Yeah, because that's true. The protests have been, you know, crazy off the hook. Uh, lots of folks uh, coming together. Uh, to, to protest and mm-hmm. yet they're still able to uh, not, I mean, there has not been a discernible rise in, in cases. So interesting. I find all of that really, yeah, it is, it is. Well, I mean, and they've said all along that, uh, you know, being outside is a huge factor. Uh, I don't know yeah. if, I don't know if you've seen this, but there was uh, 
where they showed there was a, a study that was done and they showed a graph uh basically the layout of uh of an office building mm-hmm. and well it was two they these two examples one was a restaurant you know a number of people got infected and one was an office building and yeah so even the people where people were sitting was very key because if it was close uh-huh. to where where there was airflow happening um because even some of the people at the 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 table zero we'll call it um with the people yeah. who were infected that infected these other people in the in the restaurant two of the people at their table did not get sick and it was because of where they were sitting um whereas no, tables around them and farther and much further away but because they were in the flow of uh the heating and air conditioning uh you know they became they became infected uh the other example that they used is an office building that was basically you know it's split into two sides um and once again, even people on the far side, um, there <coughs> there were cases, obviously not as many as the side where the infected person or persons were, um, yeah. but it all came down to what the ventilation was and the flow of the ventilation. So when you think about being in an arena with, you know, tens of thousands of people, um, that yeah. airflow is absolutely critical. But being outside, anything that's happening is going to disperse uh, much more quickly. Now, that being said, sure. you, could not, you could not pay me to friggin' go into any crowd um, and, you know, which I, I don't disparage the people who protested because I feel like, you know, their very fucking lives, are, you know, are, are, are being threatened. Um, sure. So, uh, you know, I get it. But it yeah. also seems like, uh, you know, so far there has not been uh, a spike in cases as a, as a direct result of that. Also, most states where mm-hmm. there have been massive protests, they have yeah. uh, been, uh, you know, they have made testing. You know, if you were at a protest, you can go and get tested for no charge. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Star, in the last few minutes that we have left, um, so how does Mystic South move move forward next year? Um, well, we're basically, we're going to be doing the, um, pretty much everything that we had lined up for this year, we'll just roll over to next year. So our headline cool. is uh, Nausea Lightfoot, David Salisbury, Thorn Mooney, Cleo Ajana, and Tuatha Dea will all be with us uh, next year. Also, I want to do a quick shout-out. Um, Tawatha Dea has been doing a virtual pub crawl uh, every Sunday. Um, the first hour is free and can be watched on YouTube and Facebook Live. 
And then after that, if you're a, a Patreon uh, supporter of theirs, then you can watch the second hour um, via Patreon. Um, oh, that's very cool. Mystic, Mystic South is a proud sponsor of their virtual pub crawl. Uh, so, you know, and we've been sharing links in the, uh, in the Mystic South group and, uh, and, and elsewhere. So you mark that on your calendar. It's every, it's every Sunday. They start at 7 uh, p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, and, uh, it's usually, it's a lot of fun. They have, uh, uh, usually a guest performer, uh, they're working out of the uh, uh, fox, or not the fox and parrot, the rampant lion in uh, in Gatlinburg, which is closed to uh, public traffic in the evenings. And so they're, you yeah. know, they're ma- maintaining social distancing as best they can, considering there's, you know, 11 billion of them. Um, okay, that's an exaggeration. <laughs> Um, a little bit, <laughs> but, they, but they do. But their family, they do all live, you know, more or less live together. So, um, yeah. But anyway, so that's yet another thing happening. Um, but yeah, so we're just going to move forward. You know, whatever we had planned for uh, for this year will be happening next year. It's the only thing we know. What you know, I mean, it's the only way we could think to do it. So, it, that's where we are with that. Well. That's awesome. Well, we definitely plan to be there in our usual spot. So we have. Oh, I wouldn't miss it for the world. You know that. Uh, We've been with y'all since the beginning, and uh, happy to continue to be there. And you know, we love you. We love everybody on the on the committee at Mystic South. We certainly love everybody at the Wild Hunt. Uh, please send our love to, to Athadea because we love them too. And uh, Star, thank you so much for spending this time with me on a Friday night. I really appreciate it. Well, I am happy to do it. I appreciate you, um, your um, unwavering support of Mystic South and of the Wild Hunt. Uh, I can't tell you how, how, much, how much that means. Uh, we really appreciate appreciate you, and I think I can say that on behalf of both the staff for Mystic South and and the Wild Hunt. We we appreciate you, and uh, as much as the Wild Hunt is important, uh, podcast, uh, blog talk radio, uh, Desperate House Witches is is very important. And um, anytime you want to have me on to talk about the news. And talk mean about stupid politicians. I'm your girl. I know, and I love you for it. Star, thank you again. We hope you have a wonderful night. Um, And we appreciate it one more time. And everybody, please support the Wild Hunt as much as you can, as often as you can. And uh, Mystic South, as we discussed, will be back next year. And I will post the dates when I have them. And um, it's going to be at the the uh, beautiful Hilton, and I'll get you all that information as uh, time Double moves train. on. Uh, 
Double Tree, the Hilton Double Tree. Yeah, it's the Double Tree by Hilton. I I knew it was connected. Um, Thanks, Doc. All right, so next Friday we will have the return of Matt Oren, and on Saturday we have an hour with Courtney Weber to talk about her new book. All right, everybody, thanks for hanging out. We will see you next week. Bright blessings. Have a wonderful week. Good night.